started. Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you this evening to the Matrixic Discussion Group call for Tactical Sovereignty. Like I say, this beautiful Sunday, first day of the week, not the seventh day, therefore not the Sabbath, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, got Sean on with us this evening. He was on with us, I think, what, three or four weeks ago, something like that. Sean, does that sound right? Yeah, and and uh, thanks. Uh, it's nice to start the recording because I didn't get a chance to officially say hi and thank you for inviting me back again. I'm very happy to be here tonight. Um, I was going to do my own podcast, and I will be doing that, and so I'm going to do a little plug for myself, I guess. Um, my plan is to do it every two weeks, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to be doing one this Saturday, and the goal is to hopefully get up to once a week. So I just don't want to commit to too much too fast, but that will be on set Saturday nights at 9 o'clock, and everybody who's on this call is always going to be welcome on my call. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot of cross-promotion that way because, um, but yeah, just because they're both, we're both talking about the same kind of stuff, right? So we're all we're all barking up the same tree. <laughs> and it's the right well, one. You know, right you know and let me give you a suggestion, too. Um, <clears throat> you say you want to work up to once a week. I would recommend starting right out at once a week because okay. you, go every two, you go every two weeks and you're going to lose people. Yeah, well, and this the week, thing is, or was like it last week? Didn't work out so well, so now what? I, I wait two more well, weeks before I do well, my next well, one. Here's, so I decided I'm going to do one on Saturday. But. Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing too. Like you you had said last night. Well, I was on for five ten minutes, whatever, and you know just wasn't there, and so I stopped. But here's the thing. I'll tell you what. Some of the best podcasts that I feel that we've had here on this platform at Tactical Sovereignty have been on days where I was thinking, you know what, I'm just not into it today. I just don't yeah. want to do it today. And I don't know how many times I was actually on and sitting there watching the room slowly fill and just thinking, you know what, let, let me just scrap tonight and we'll go on to next week. You know what I mean? Wow. And something always pushed me and said, no, don't do it. Just keep, just plug along. And yeah. I'll tell you what, those nights were some of the times that I think ended up with some of the best podcasts, some of the best discussions. I believe it. And, and I, I did announce that to like my followers on WordPress because I know from having a blog how it goes I've, I've been writing a blog now for 11 years and like <laughs> it's so funny when you start something like this for the first time because you're always like really self-conscious and worried about what people are going to think and how do i sound and blah 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 right and then i wrote my first blog post and like you know days later i'm checking to see how you know what people think and what the comments are and nobody's even read it you know so uh i know what it's like to be to be working at something and just, you know, think it's pointless for a little while. But, uh, yeah. You know, you know what, Sean? Now you know, and it, this podcast. Yeah. It, it, it just reminds me of something. All right. Um, and, you know, I've never really paid attention to the stats or anything like that for my blog site mm. or for mm. these calls. It's just not something I really care about. I don't care mm. how many people are joining in. You know, it, it's there. If people want to listen, fine. You know, listen now. Exactly. Maybe they'll listen a year from now. I, that was nothing, nothing that ever really crossed my mind to have any concern about. And and then one day I said, you know, I wonder if there's certain topics that people are more interested in than other topics. Mm. Because that might lead me in the direction of maybe I should expand more in certain areas. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember talking to a woman a number of years ago, like 10 years ago, that she was a buyer for like Macy's and Burdines and some of those 
one of those stores, all right? And she said that as a buyer, she would sit and say, for instance, clothing. She would pick out the stuff that she thought was trending and the stuff she liked. She would pick out 10 of those items. And for every 10 of those items she picked out, she would pick out three things that she thought were the nastiest, ugliest crap. And to her surprise, it was the things that she thought were horrible that sold the most. Really? And it was like, I was like, wow, that is so interesting. But anyway, so now you have a good idea of the type of topics and things like that that I've covered on these podcasts. If you just had to pull out something randomly as to what you thought people would be interested in, what would you think it would be? Hmm. That is a good question. Um, is is auto determination too broad a topic? Like, is that too? You want me to be more specific than that? Is what you kind of broke up. Auto determination. You kind of broke up. Self governance. Yeah, self governance. Auto determination. Yeah. Uh, self determination. Yeah. That uh, would be my that, guess. That would be. Yeah, that, that would actually be a good guess, believe it or not. Because I, I, I'm starting now, the past six months, here more and more people start talking about self-determination. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, probably, let me, let me think of the stats here. Probably seven or eight to one, guess what it was. It was the discussions about Egypt. Okay, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I love, you know, I love everything me, about me Egyptian either. philosophy. Yeah, me either. If you take a look at my pen name, that's where it derives from. Is Absolutely. Actually, um, actually, it was prior to Egypt in a land called Kemet at the time when Egypt was actually developing and North Kemet and, and South Kemet came together in peace. And that's what literally what it stands for. El Hotep Secondly Peril. El the body, the, the God within, lowercase g, the spirit, um, coming to peace with the body, the temple. And Hotep, secondly, is the peace between the two. So I've got the body on one end, the temple on the other, and peace between the two in the middle. Amazing. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. And that, and that came about not because I believe any in any ideology or anything, but that's because of the way they use that particular um phraseology in their language and the way i constructed in that grammatical sense that we think of today first middle and last name um it comes out as a sentence it comes out literally as a statement gotcha yeah yeah. i like that yeah you know it's interesting because i'm I'm seeing this in other places also i mean I, i share info from like robert sepper and Lorraine Murray and other researchers and things. And I see, especially, say, for instance, with Robert Sepper, um, I, I watch a lot of the postings he does, and it seems like so much that he does where it's going back and it's showing the actual DNA evidence of where people came from. It's like mm-hmm. that gets so much attention compared to everything else. It's really interesting. That is interesting. I, and I am sort of interested in that stuff. Like, I do, I do hold the belief that you know, if you back far enough, we all come from the same stuff, no matter what. But uh, I, I'm still interested in, you know. Well, yeah. let me let me expand well, on that real quick. 
because in regards to the name I just spoke of, um, the different relations and, the, and the, the way it correlates through different jurisdictions, um, say the stock market, the name um, in relation to the ticker symbol, it, it can consist of three, four or five symbols, whereas the name is the same thing. It can consist of three, four or five names within it. Just like your, your picture there of your armor, it, it is actually a, a subjective um, expression of oneself and what defines them. And your expression there is different than anybody else's. So you shouldn't use, you shouldn't actually use a, a previous family coat of arms because that's right. not describing your talents. What Thank you're describing you. is your talents. This is like Smithson and Johnson. That's where that kind I love of stuff. That. Comes. And, and so we have Steve. to we have to learn how to express ourselves in origin. No and one else. What? No one else really has a right to call me Keith unless I wish them to. If exactly. I wish them to call me El Hotep Second Week Peril, that's what I put on the page. And generally, that's just the concept that they're automatically going to call me by. Yeah, I was saying. I have to Actually, I was even just thinking about this as like a, a funny story because, um, you know, like I'm finally basically making progress with this new jurisdictional personality that I've created, right, as, as King Sean. And that's just it. I was going to write a story and say, you know, I could have decided if it wasn't already copyrighted, but just to make a, a, an example. I could have decided that I'm Mickey Mouse and I live in the Magic Kingdom and blah, blah, blah. And if I just applied all of those very same philosophies to every single thing that I've done with my name, it would be exactly the same. You know, like it, it, it doesn't change. It can be whatever you want as long as it's you and it's unique and it's and you embrace it. It's your character. But uh, thank you for saying that, Keith, because this design is actually the second. It says number one on the bottom, but I had one before this that was in color. And I recreated this one to, and I deliberately made it in black and white so that my logo um, would be more printable, I guess, for the commercial fiction, if you will. And the reason that I did that is because in my research or whatever, studying um, sovereign nations and the requirements of a sovereign nation and how a sovereign can hold court, because you must have a sovereign to have a court, you're also supposed to have a seal and you're also supposed to have a flag, right? So I wanted to actually have those things on hand before I did any of the written work to go along with it. And so this was one of the very first things that I designed. And once I had it done, I knew right away that it was my flag, it's my logo, it's going to be my letterhead on every document that I signed that's printed. Like, you know, if I have to do something on Word or whatever, it's going to be done with this document on it. Most of the time now I use calligraphy, but, um, and you've seen mine, have you? Yeah, and I'm giving rebirth to my house. Like my my Von Den name hasn't claimed the right to their name and their family for generations. So of course I'm going to make my own sh shield because I'm recapturing our kingdom. <laughs> so it's going to be captured under my banner and my logo. And I got to ask you real quick, just because of um, the generalization that we use in regards to symbols. And I'm not sure about the origin of the elephant there or the intent, but my immediate observation, because it takes up half of each section, is that speaking about the elephant in the room? 
It, well, you know what? It's funny because I've used that expression now in actually a legal mediation meeting with the city of Ottawa. And it was like crazy because when we went in there, I'm getting the documents from them, the legal documents addressed to Lord Sean House of Den, what hand of Stephen Kingdom of God. I signed my emails as King Sean House of Den. And, you know, so I go into this meeting and one of the first questions they ask me when they open the door is, um, you know, good morning. How should we address you? And, and like they almost bowed at me or whatever, and I was like, Sean is fine, you know, like whatever. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And then we all sat down, and I just said, okay. I said, do we want to talk about that? And they were like, you know, silent for a second. And I said, come on. I said, let's be honest. I said, that is the elephant in the room, right? The whole King Sean has the bond and had a Stephen Kingdom of God. Does anybody have anything to say about that? No. Exactly. And see, okay. that's why I point that out. Because when we think about symbolism, people, yeah. that elephant represents a broad spectrum of symbolism that can be used in many ways. But when we write it down in a language, it restricts it. It definites it. Because in the symbolic form that it is there, it is finite that almost every peoples around the world recognize that yes. symbol yes. but it's in their own you're right right but in their own subjective view they recognize that symbol as meaning different things however when you write it down scripturally in a uh, uh what they call noun phrase verb phrase sentence structure which is what our concise english is developed on it's it, it creates a, a a finite definition that restricts everything else from it and it's actually what it's doing is restricting your right by confining yourself to even a language that you have to verbally or uh, literally express and this is proven by people that sign language braille yeah no, I think those are all good points to bring up because, uh, you know, I don't talk about that much, but that document or that logo is literally on everything. Um, like, it should show up in your search bar. If you go to my uh, website or whatever, you'll see it beside the little www. Like, it's it's my logo on my emails when they get sent back and forth. Uh, and, you know, yeah, it's me as much as anything else is. <laughs> it's my spirit yeah. is bet, contained in that. I bet if you went <clears throat> to your name on Google, Go to the great Oracle Google and put your name in and then click on images. I bet that symbol would show up. Okay, you know what? Your You've, got me curious now. You've got me curious now. Me I know too, what comes because up. mine's kind of fresh. I got to check that out. I know I know what comes up for my yeah. game. Most things. Okay, you know, <clears throat> there's something interesting that happened here a few months ago when I had Walter oh. Durian on. I just want to say I number two done. is... Uh, my lawsuit against the city of Ottawa. So that's awesome because that's that's new news. So that's like moved up past Facebook. So a lot of people are reading that. Anyway, sorry, sorry, go on, Brian. Yeah. It's a, anyway, I I had done a photo to advertise um, Walter Brand being on the call, and I had yeah. done it like a day earlier. And Walter and I were talking, and he wanted me to go to Google and look up something regarding him. Yeah. And for the heck of it, I clicked on images. And like the fifth thing down that day was that photo that I made advertising our upcoming podcast. And I was like, wow, that was interesting. That's fast. It ended up there already. Mm. Nope, nothing on me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, mine didn't have, it actually didn't show the logo, it showed uh, all kinds of stuff because I've published so many documents, right? So a bunch of them came up, uh, but yeah, um, the logo didn't, it, yeah, um, it like eventually, but nowhere near the top, um, which is a bit It's funny surprise. though, uh, I, I just went over my caseload again earlier to uh, answer a question from somebody and they stylized that name in that case six different ways. Wow, really? In one case, six different ways. They're usually pretty consistent. That's something I got to give the courts. Like usually when they use that, that. Oh, I had, I had, uh, I had four different judges. Um, they yeah. tried to uh, assert that the uh, standby attorney was my my counsel, and I told them if you say one word in there, I'm going to hold you liable. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, all kinds of stuff. It was funny. DA ended up putting a protection order out against me, and uh, renews it each year. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I bet I bet some of those cases, some of those documents, so that you're seeing pop up there, Sean, probably have your freaking coat of arms on it. I would think. Um, well, they're my handwritten ones. That's the thing. So most of my handwritten stuff is what's coming up for images, or in some cases, uh, yeah. Okay, so the first the first written image is my uh, Ontario Superior Court case, and that is a big deal because that's got my seal on the face of the document as Lord Sean Hasselbaum then um, acting on Her Majesty's service. And and that's published on the international public record and a justice dismissed it as, as, as frivolous and vexatious. And so like, you know, the city thinks they won that one kind of, or I presume they do. Um, but when they figure out that my title is real and that it does mean something in court, they're going to realize that his order doesn't mean anything because it's a statute anyway, and uh, there's no statute of limitations on on dismissing the justice and vacating his order. So <laughs> I'm I'm just going to bring that case back once my my uh, position, I guess, legally is is more recognized by the courts, and then I'll just reopen it again once they know who I am. You know what? You know what? Let me teach you a little trick that I learned mm -hmm. on, on stuff. If you want something to get traction, okay? Um, if you want something to get traction online or whatever, or say, for instance, it'll get pulled up when people do searches or things like that. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna say specifically what it was, okay. but uh, there was something I had written about eight months ago or so, and. Of course, I had a banner for it, okay? Mm -hmm. And um, so, it, and I looked and I saw how many hits there had been online regarding that document or, or that blog. And I thought, you know, let me try something. So I took that banner. That banner had a black background, mm -hmm. right? So I took another template. And I wrote down a whole bunch of words that are normally, they're, they're very popular search words on the internet, okay. Okay? Oh, okay? And so I wrote down all these words on a separate format. And then I went and copy and pasted them onto that black background for that post that I did. Right. But I, when I copied and pasted them on the black background, I copied and pasted them in, in black. Right. Right. Yeah. So you you physically can't see it, but the computer can. That's wild. That's a great. All idea. right. 
and and so then I went like two days later and looked at it, and it had gone from like fifteen or twenty hits to like three or four hundred. Wow, dude, that's really you know, like, really good information. <laughs> no, really yeah. good information. Uh, I don't know where like where do you make banners at? Because I don't do that stuff. That's the thing. Like I don't make a lot of banners, but that. Um, the oh, very even first platform I'm thinking of, Brian, where you could probably, like, honestly, that's a good, an idea good enough. You could, you could even if you, you even if you sell don't a little brochure on that and, and get a million hits, probably because a lot of people oh. love knowing how to drive more traffic. And with here's the, the thing that you make on Pinterest, you could do that. I think. Here's the thing. Even if you even if you don't have a banner, okay. Yeah. Say you've just got a one-page document written on white paper. Yeah. You go thing. and do the same thing, and you shrink the box of all those words down to a small box and stick it in the corner in white on that white page of piece of paper. That's a great idea. Wow. I know a guy that uses that, used that principle at a car lot yeah. and took the wow. document home, the loan document, handed it into his computer, enlarged the, the small print, Changed it accordingly to to his benefit, of course, through discharge and everything, and then shrunk it back down, signed it and everything, filled out the appropriate information, gave it back to him. They agreed, they approved it, without re reading the small print, and then proceeded to do certain actions that were violative. And so he had to point that out that they needed to read that small print. When they did, they realized he changed the small print. But yet again, that's an amendment to the contract. It was their responsibility to read that small print just like it was his. Yeah. Well, haven't, haven't we all been told all our life, make sure and read the small print? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. yep. And, uh, of course, of course, the uh, key masters, uh, they're, they're not going to read the small print, you know. Is, so, uh, so, who are the key masters anyway? We should talk about that sometime. Well, let's talk about it now. Yeah. Uh, I, I I was just in a meeting with somebody on Zoom, and uh, it was just a personal one-on-one uh, -on -one meeting. And this topic got brought up because we're discussing a company that uh, we've had on the podcast several times now, mm -hmm. uh, the CRU coin, um, <laughs> the crypto unit. Uh, which is going to be going live as the WCRU. It's going to be the World Crypto Unit. Um, I, I noticed the other day that there was about three or four more people signed up under me with uh, the, getting into this unit, although they've made no purchases yet. I'm telling people, guess what? It's going to go live soon. Jump on it now because... You're going to be given benefits. You're going to be given extra coin right now, and it's not going to happen after they go live. All right, it's going to be locked in. So I recommend people jump on it now. I've got a lot of people that you know have the same mindset as me. Oh, is this another scam? This, the more I look into it, there's no way it can be. But at the same at the same time, I'm like, listen, can you throw fifty bucks ahead of your fears just to see what happens? Imagine if you had done that. Imagine if you had done that with Bitcoin. Yeah, look at where you'd be when it's hitting, you know, a thousand bucks a unit, and you'd bought freaking fifty units for fifty bucks. I mean, come on, it's a no-brainer. But anyway, mm -hmm. him and I were talking about this because 
uh, this company has registered itself not just with the SEC or whatever in Delaware or whatever, but they're, they're also in uh, the British Isles. And more importantly, they're in Switzerland. It's registered in Switzerland. And one of the things I was explaining to him was several years ago, going, going through down all these rabbit holes and all these different things that come to our mind that we have no clue about, one of the things that came to my mind was you hear how the United States is the wealthiest nation and then China's second and on down the line. And I stopped and thought, I'm like, wait a minute. What makes a nation wealthy? What do they own? Yeah. They, they don't really own. Do they really own anything or don't do they? they measure it by debt? Yeah, exactly. And um, then I had been on, you know, I was looking into doing the DBA and stuff. And in my research of that, I went to Switzerland. And I was looking at all their information for registered agent, DBAs, establishing corporations, partnerships, LLCs, all that kind of stuff, right? I, I was doing that one evening. And the next morning, I had a voicemail on my phone from Switzerland. And it was some attorney. Oh, I see you were on last night. You, you want to register with the I help you. I set you DBA up. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. Because I didn't leave any callback information or please contact me or anything like that. You know what I mean? Wow. And then it dawned on me. It dawned on me. What do nations own? They own stuff that's registered underneath them. All right. And that's exactly what happens with the birth certificate. It's a registered organization under the U.S. Inc., you know. So it's, it's like, got a ticker oh, symbol. it's got a ticker symbol. Exactly. So I was like, that, that, that shows me, you know, where the real wealth of the nations are at. And now this was even confirmed to me the past few months watching this whole coronavirus scam going on. And yeah, I'll call it a scam and call it a freaking pandemic, whatever you want to call it. Um, because we, we looked at all these nations, even third world nations, locking down their people, forcing them to stay in their mud huts. And, you know, Australia's getting hit hard with it right now. And New Zealand's been hit hard just with the jackboot on the neck. You know what I mean? What nation? Canada's pretty tough too, man. It's like ridiculous. Oh, Canada's real bad too. In fact, a lot of people down here in southern Florida or in Florida, I've heard talk the past several weeks. They've been talking about, I'm not seeing very many Canadians. And I'm like, you're not going to because they can't. Oh, they're locked in. They can't leave. And I'm like, no, no. And I hear people saying, I'm like, no, they're not locked in. It's not that they can't leave. It's that they are on a federal health care system. And so if they leave if and when they come back, they have to do several things. Number one, they go into quarantine for several weeks. Then on top of that, they've got to pay, I've heard numbers anywhere from five to $10,000 into the healthcare system because now they've become a liability. Unreal. All right. Now, at the same time, what I was saying was, who have we seen that did not lock down their people? Should be an easy one to answer. Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Switzerland, exactly. The Swiss did not do the full-scale lockdown. 
And, you know, the news media, <laughs> mainstream media tries to mask that and say, oh, well, yeah, they did. They, they, they just did it individually. They did it on their own. And they're mm -hmm. like, oh, well, that's just the way the Swiss are. They're, they're very private people. And, and so they chose to, yeah, fine. They could choose. But guess what? They could also go and fill restaurants if they wanted to. They could all still fill a chapel for a wedding if they wanted to. They could they also, also go don't fill have the, a they funeral. They also don't have the firearms. Police officers are not to use firearms in the first calls of the instance, only as a secondary backup. So they don't even go out on out on out to the streets armed to begin with. Let alone have a supply large as large as any other nation. They have the smallest gun supply according to their nation's population. Wow, interesting. Uh, I would argue. I would argue with that. I would argue against that, Keith. Um, I would say, when like in the USA, <clears throat> people talk about the militia. Uh, well, we're not. We're not talking. We're not talking about the people. We're talking about the public uh, servants. Right. There are public servants. Yeah, their army is near as well armed as most other nations. Uh, they may or may not be that. I don't know. But I will say that everyone. Every quote-unquote, air quotes, citizen in Switzerland is automatically part of the militia. You are required to have a weapon. Mm. Individually, you are required to have a weapon, and right. which makes total sense. Which and makes total and this, sense. this is why their policing organization works as well as it does going out to these incidents unarmed first. That is what truly gains the acceptance and the trust of the community of their actual involvement in those kinds of disputes. They come oh, peacefully they without any weapons, then they know they, they're not likely going to have to raise any weapons against them either. Right. So they, it's, it's, right. it's an anti-escalation technique, and it works wonderful. Well, well, and the thing is, it was approached correctly, because here's the thing. Um, in say the u.s we you know people and it started i think prior to the world wars is really when the pledge of allegiance came along a lot of people think it was always around no it wasn't this was started less than 100 years ago and it was started to ingrain this duty in the mind of everybody because they knew they had some world wars coming up and they knew they were going to need people in the military so let's start with the youth in school and granting in their mind of a duty to protect the United States of America. Okay. And remember too, uh, the institution of the New Deal was actually the beginning of World War II, whether people want to realize it or not. It was the commercial side of it before it actually ended up in violence. Well, they were pulled into it because they needed the money. But anyway, um, this was really brought on. Now, here's the thing. If, and uh, this is one of the ways I look at, you know, this big argument about uh, the Second Amendment and, and people saying, oh, no, you shouldn't have a gun on this and that. Well, I'm sorry. If you are required to defend this nation against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and should you, then should you not be equipped with whatever that enemy comes at you with? Absolutely, it's, it's should. supersedes even that in biblical reference. We're we're to uh, kill a beast that kills. So this is a direct reference that we're supposed to be be able to protect ourselves against the violence that that's brought upon us by nature, an even greater force. 
that alone tells us not only do we have a, a, a right to fend for ourselves against nature, but each other by any means necessary. Well, and, but I, I would say that that's not a right. That's not a right whatsoever. That's oh, it's a an duty. instinct. Oh, it's an instinct. Well, it's yeah, a duty. It's an instinct. Yeah, duty. And because because you you have zero rights without duties. Uh, everybody wants to claim they know their rights. How many people know their duties? Nobody. I would say, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people. If you ask them what their duties are, they'd look at you like a deer in the headlights. They have no clue, absolutely whatsoever. But if you bring up rights, oh, I've got my constitutional rights. Well, guess what? Then again, I would go back to that 99.9999 number. Okay, you've got your constitutional rights. Um, tell me the structure of the Constitution or when the last time you read it was, or if you've ever read it, and they would all, once again, look at you like a deer in the headlights. My favorite one to point out is when when people want to argue that we're not under martial law or something like that. And I have to point out Article 2, Section 2, where it states right there, <laughs> President shall be commander-in-chief. Yeah. Well, and uh, which one was it that I was reading? Uh, from the Law of Nations, I think. Um, but anyways, it's it talks about the people of a captured nation. Um are indebted like yeah they don't actually rightfully own the land they're, they're combatants or whatever so they they assume the land as masters but they're actually an enemy of the state and that's what all of us are that's what that mister means when you sign it on a piece of paper mister is master that's why we have that title we have or not me but <laughs> that's why the citizen has that citizen has that, that status Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, people who want to go into, you know, a word study on citizen. You know, when the U.S. was established, there was questioning, well, what do we call the inhabitants here? Because they were all used to the way things were set up in Europe. Right. And they wanted, they wanted the same. This was supposed to be a new world order, so they needed to change it a little bit. And so they thought uh, that word subject was just a little too harsh. So eh, we'll go with the word citizen. And, uh, you know, citizen is just synonymous with subject. It's just the same yeah. word, but with different letters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 100%. Um, on Canada, uh, Canada, are they citizens or subjects on Canada? Because I know that's definitely British. Uh, citizen. Citizens, but well. I mean, yeah, citizens are considered, yeah, it is a citizen, but um, the citizens are considered subjects, right? So, and that, that might be even a little more open on Canada than it is on uh, the USA. I don't know. Mm -hmm. it, because I think at the heart, at the end of the day, even every Canadian knows at the end of the day, they are all a British subject. You would think, I would hope, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of people forget that, and, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you would think. Not to say that Americans aren't British subjects. Exactly. So nobody, nobody, nobody read into that, because that's not what I said. Yeah, Americans are British subjects, I'm sorry, you know, like they say, you know, the sun never set on the British Empire, and I say that's because God didn't trust the Brits in the dark. Yeah. 
Well, okay, so there's something I, I just want to feel out to both you and Keith, actually, um, because uh, one of the recent developments, like my, my head is kind of spinning right now because... Um, um, Sean? Yeah. John, if you're feeling me out, I, I, you are wearing gloves, right? <laughs> I should have known that's what it was going to be. But um, Romantic. my question, I guess, is uh, about the document that I um, shared with uh, the group a little while ago um, about my, my father's trust so or my father's estate and debt and whatever. And it's kind of an interesting story because... Um, the truth of the matter is I, I never made it uh, an official claim to the court for that estate. Um, I never filed any official paperwork into the court regarding this matter whatsoever. Um, and my sister and my brother were competing for it through the courts. And I told them that, no, this is not happening without my consent. Like you need it on the court documents. I don't care what you think, but I'm not giving it. And your lawyers aren't gonna be able to get around me, blah, blah, blah. That went on for a while, and then they finally withdrew um, for other reasons or whatever. But um, my correspondence after that happened, after they withdrew, I called my sister or emailed her, and I just said, uh, like, now that this is finally over, can you please at least give me the creditor's phone number so I can at least take care of whoever it is that that owes money to and make arrangements with them? That's all I wanted to do. I wasn't trying to take the estate from anybody. I just wanted to honor my father's debts and she gave me that number and I called them. Well, I didn't call them, I emailed them too. And I said, look, you know, uh, I'm the eldest son, this and that, whatever. Um, I would like to honor my father's debts. I understand he has some with you. Uh, please get back to me at earliest convenience. Let me know what they are, da da da. They get back to me and say, uh, sorry, um, do you know the status on the court application? for appointment of certificate of appointment of the state trustee. We need uh, a certificate of appointment, death certificate, blah, 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 before we can release um, any of the details of the trust to you. And I just messaged them back and I was just like, um, no. I said, I won't be making an application for uh, a state trustee because it is my father's house and I'm the eldest son and the firstborn heir, rightful heir to my father's kingdom. and I have a legal right to honor my father's debts. So you're not asking. You're either you're gonna hand them permission. over. Yes. Yeah, I'm not you're, asking for permission. I'm telling you. Yeah, you, you have over, or you, you have a legal recourse duty. against my estate. And you have a legal duty to stand right. in honor. And if you don't do this, you lose all your recourse against my estate. And yep. boom, it was handed over to me. Now, like <laughs> In the name King Sean, House of Von Dan, Hand of Stephen, Kingdom of God, like made out absolutely perfect for the courts. So, so that's what I wanted to ask you guys. Is that somebody in the court pulling strings, or is that just the lawyers not wanting to argue with me? Like, what's going on there, do you think? They can't argue with you. You stated the will. By reason, by reason, no one has any right ever to intercede before the next of kin. If the next Beautiful. of kin is alive and can state his living will by That's inheriting. exactly what I said. I am the I am a product and living will of my father. How do you dare say he doesn't have a will? I am his right. living will. Right. <laughs> he, he was in communication with me, and I am in, still in communication with him. That's right. And Believe I should that. honor my earthly father just as much as my my father in the heavens. And if you think you have a right to stand in with the way of that, then you know. 
I don't know, whatever. You better state it legally, I said, and if not, then hand it over, and if the state wishes to interfere, then I'll deal with them separately, I think I said. Um, well, yeah, Sean. They, they handed it all over. Sean, let me, yeah. ask, let me ask you a question, Sean. Hmm. Um, what did Yeshua say you know, when he was there? When they asked him about, when he was asked about God or asked about his father, he said, hmm. if you have seen me, you have seen my father. That's exactly it. And all of this, but we love to talk about the spiritual thing here, and I like to emphasize it because it is such a big part of this. And that's that's why I wanted to tell this story a little bit here today, because I want people to know, like, this actually literally came from no ill intent whatsoever toward my brother and sister. Like, there was none. I wasn't asking for the estate. I wasn't trying. I thought that would be a separate claim. I was going to look into it down the road, maybe. <laughs> you know, my only goal was to take care of my father's debts. Well, that's how you honor your father. And, and so, right. you know, by honoring his debts, they release anything they might be holding. So by by doing the rightful thing and following my, my belief in my duty to God and my father, yeah, everything... You know, blessed be God. <laughs> Everything worked well, out. And, you know, and in the future, you know, if you wanted uh, Roy and what they're worried about, I think, is your interest in it. And mm -hmm. so in the future, if you were to file a notice of interest, then <clears throat> that could, you know, kind of put a freeze on things until, you know, the firstborn comes forward. Uh, but what you were saying reminded me of something that I shared several months ago and I don't know how, how many people it like clicked in their mind for but it was a situation where um, a, a gentleman and a few others went to a court to do something to, to do an action to do a filing and the, the courts knew they were going to be coming okay and when they got there they were met outside by marshals and the marshal said, I'm sorry, but you do not have an appointment. And that made me think back to standing. Mm. They're saying, you have no standing here. You don't have an appointment. And you were just talking about, they asked you for information regarding an appointment. Have you <laughs> been appointed? Right. Well, guess what? You know, people here, whether you're Canada, if you're on New Zealand listening, or Australia, or USA, have you been appointed? Or have you even accepted an appointment? Right. Because this goes right back to whether or not you have standing. And, and I'm sorry that, you know, so many times I see things happen where people are told in court, that, oh, well, yeah, you have no standing for this, or you have no standing. Wait a second. If you have no standing... What are you doing standing there? You shouldn't exactly. even be there. Because if I have no standing, that means that you, you have nothing to do against me either. Exactly. So, goodbye. It's a two-way street. Goodbye. Yeah. Exactly. It's a two-way street. Goodbye. Have a good day. Thank you very much. I, I, proved, I proved this in court one day. <clears throat> Just trying to prove to a couple people that were with me the uh, quid pro quo process in that court. And it was on one of those citations that I had signed UCC 1-308, but didn't show up for the actual court appearance. Instead, what I did was I went in the next day and I called up the case myself after they had already adjudicated it the day before. 
meaning they already made a decision of failure to appear and so forth. They made a judgment, guilty, of course, um, assessed all the fines and everything. And then when I called the case up the next day, um, they call in the judge and they say, everybody rise. And I just sat there and I had my hat on and everything. And when she walked in, instead of going up to the bench and then telling everybody they could be, be seated, she saw me sitting there and just told everybody you may be seated, then proceeded to the bench. Then she looked at me and said, sir, would you take your hat off, please? I said, no, thanks. We got to remember, they're doing nothing but requests. And we don't have to do what they request unless we put forth a request of our own. It's a quid pro quo. Uh, and, and when you, Keith, what, Keith, when you can, when you unconditionally accept the request, mm -hmm. now you're submitting. Yeah, that's because I've got a story about that too. Because I used to always, well, not used to, do always go into court with my coffee cup. It's like with me everywhere, right? And uh, I never even really thought about it, but since the first uh, presentation or whatever that I went to. Um, because the security guard outside told me I couldn't take it in and I pretended not to <laughs> I put it like in my briefcase and as soon as I got behind the door where he was I took it back out again They didn't say anything to me. But then later on I walked into a court one time and the clerk saw the coffee cup in my hand And I said uh, Sir, you can't have any uh, drinks in the courtroom and this goes back to the flag we were talking about too, because oh. I know that to hold your sovereign capacity in court, you're supposed to be in the court and, and be announcing your state and your logo and your sovereign status in everything you do. And so that was on my coffee cup. <laughs> and it's, I, I didn't even realize, cause I'm not sure if one had anything to do with the other. Like it could just be coincidence, but I held my cup up and I was like, really? And I'm, as I'm saying, really, I'm looking at all of the coffee cups that they have up behind the, the desk where the lawyers are. There's like, they've all got travel money and whatever, right? I'm just like, are you kidding me? And I was like, so like, really? And he was like, oh, no, 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 no. That kind of cup is okay. You're fine. Sit down. <laughs> Thank you. And that happened twice. Twice. They asked me and I was like, really? Like, because this time now I was just going to say, well, they let me last time. But, you know, um, as soon as I said, really, they were like, oh, no, 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 that cup's okay. And so, well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> that is funny. That's, oh, that's like another time I, I went into court just to test them. And it was over the hat issue. Hmm. And uh, I went in there uh, during open uh, order hour. And I went in with a uh, supposed name change or something. And I wasn't planning on issuing it. I was testing the hat thing, right? because i wasn't going to take my hat off and they repeated me this court attendant kept repeating me uh to me you need to take your hat off sir i said no thanks i'm all right next thing you know she goes out gets on the phone and back through the de the back door comes flying the judge and he says sir take your hat off in my courtroom i said oh it's your courtroom he said yeah take your hat off i said i don't want to he says you can take that hat off in my courtroom turn it over got on the phone and you could hear me and he was calling the sheriff to have me removed right and that's specifically what he said to have me removed and so when the sheriff got there or the, the deputy got there and all the other people in this courtroom in order hour and before before the uh, cases even started and they're all just looking at me like and i'm just sitting there waiting less than two and a half minutes this, this deputy pulls in 
and uh she walks up behind me he, he points to me and says that one right there and she says would you like me to remand him in a custom he says no get, get him out of here because he knows Keith, he doesn't have any kind of agreement he better not touch me keith i, I got a question for you <clears throat> something you brought up a little bit ago <clears throat> and i don't know if i brought it up before or not when you brought this up but uh he, you know, they, they were trying to push an FTA order on you, a failure to appear. And whenever I see a failure to appear, the first thing that always comes to my mind is, what peer did I fail? Are you my peer? Yeah. Who is claiming to be my peer here that I failed? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, you just take and, the words that they're using against you and just tear them apart. Well, I don't understand that. You know, what do you mean? I didn't have any peers around when I did it. I, yeah, I, I just want to mention that I went and I muted out everybody else other than Keith and Sean and myself on the call because they're getting a lot of background noise. When I had muted earlier, I hadn't clicked the button that says allow people to unmute themselves. <laughs> so everybody unmuted themselves and we were constantly hearing background noise. So anyway, I did that and I, I guess I can unclick that in a little bit here, you know, if, if people want to bring up anything. Uh, but like I say, if I do that, keep yourself muted out because, you know, we can hear a gnat fart across the street from you. <laughs> Believe it or not. It, that's why I wear my headset are that when sensitive. I do these. Yeah, that's why yeah, I, I Same here. I only wear a headset, and I even try to mute myself out when I'm not speaking, you know. So just keeps for a cleaner call. That's all. So... Yeah, I've I've always loved the failure to appear. Thing, yeah, and FTA. so, how, how did you deal with that? Me, I'm curious. Yeah. Which, which part? The failure to appear. Like, so, what did you do with the failure to appear? Did you send it back to? Like, was it presented to you in the mail, or like, I don't know. Oh yeah, well, well, when I went to the arraignment, what I initially did was they when they finally called me up. Well, they called me up like third to, to begin with. And what I did was um, I, I questioned the name on the record. And he said, and he, so he turned his, his computer around. They're, they're using laptops. And he says, well, come here, take a look at this and, and tell me tell me what you mean. And I said, well, that they're spelled in all caps names. I've never spelled my name in all caps. Well, we'll get a recorder in here for you then. I said, okay. Well, of course, that was just to get everybody else cleared out of the courtroom. And uh, then they did get a recorder in there. And when I got up, got up there and presented the spelling of the name, he accused me of refusing to um, uh, participate in the arraignment. Now, mind you, I've got my companion there, and she's video recording. So <laughs> we got this all on record where he, he uh, accused me of not attending and that he was going to put a warrant out for the rest of Keith Orland Will. I said, so if you're going to put a, an arrest warrant out for the, uh, a, a warrant out for the arrest of Keith Orland Little, then I am free to go? He said, yes. So, uh -huh. Now, that was on an appearance bond. And so what they did was they issued a warrant for failure to appear. And then uh, the, the bondsman called me on the following Monday and asked me how come I didn't go to court. Now, mind you, like I said, my companion was there, and she recorded it. So we just went down to the bondsman and showed him. You know, you got two witnesses here plus a video recording says we did go to court. 
So they took, and, and I presented a, a written plea of guilt, um, waiving my right to appeal. And they refused to accept it. So I gave it to her and I said, this is what I entered. And I was there. They refused to agree that I was participating and said that I wasn't participating and then issued the failure to appear. I got my companion in the video stating that I was and the document that I tried to present. So they said, okay, hang on, we'll try to reschedule it. So they called me back later that afternoon and told me that they tried to present that uh, same written plea of guilt and the court refused to accept it, but did reschedule the arraignment. So I ended up going to arraignment the following morning, but in order to do so, they had me had to book, book, book me back in on the warrant for $5,000 this time instead of 3,900, saying that they removed that bond that one, I that one's relinquished. Now I had to give another five thousand dollar bond to go through this booking process, be rearranged, and then be told that the document couldn't be accepted due to uh, um, technicality. Well, the technicality was that I was giving them an equitable offer. They can't accept that in that court. That's an acceptance of a contract that puts them in their place. That that lets them know that you are the one executing the contract. You are giving the written plea of guilt on these terms, and in do, doing so, you're going to waive your right to appeal. You either accept and make judgment now, or be done. Or you lose your right, of course, right? That's just it. Like uh, these these laws, they apply across the board. Like it's just opened my eyes so much to see this last development in my own personal microcosm. Like everything started to make sense to me. I, I mean, I loosely understood the idea of a bond before, but not really. Like not why it was necessary or whatever. And that was the thing. I was watching the whole court process with my brother and sister, right? And they're be both being told that they need to put up a fifty thousand dollar bond if they want to get this information. And like I said, you know, that everything was just handed over to me. No, 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 no problem. We can give it to you because I'm not bondable. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, king can't be bonded. Right? I'm already so the word bonded. is immediate. I'm already bonded. I've, I've accepted the oath of prosperity and abundance. Uh, you know, Keith, Keith brought up something. <laughs> Keith brought up something I, I, I want to hit on. Because you hear a lot about this and the whole Patriot Guru community and stuff like that. And, and people talk about the spelling of the name or whatever. And, and I know what Keith meant by it, right? So I'm not correcting him. I, I just want people to let this click in their head. Is that it's not about the spelling of the name. Um, I actually saw a video of somebody arguing this in court. And they told the judge, this isn't how my name is spelled. And the judge said, well, what do you want me to do? And they said, well, have it corrected. And so the judge turned to the clerk and said to the clerk, will you change the spelling of the name? And the clerk said, no, absolutely not. And the reason why is because the wrong language was being used. It has nothing to do with the spelling. It has to do with the style, yes. the style of the name. That is the big thing right there. It's the style. And if you ask for it properly, you can do it. So you can't ask for the spelling of the name to be changed, but you can request that your name be expressed in capitis diminution minimis. And they are obliged right. to do that because that's legal language. That's right. the request and of the common law. Right. And that's what it's all about. It's about the stylization yep. of the name. 
and, the same and thing to show the and to show that no, hold on a sec. To show the importance of that, go back to <clears throat> there's a lot of people are confused re regarding the all caps United States and the United States of America. People get confused by that. They <laughs> they listen to whack wackos like Anna von Rietzcraft who talk about oh it's territory compared to municipal compared to blah 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 anyway go back to the article of confederation which is one of the four organic documents of the United States okay and <clears throat> I know people hear organic they don't know what that means so let me tell you organic means founding it's a founding document just like the certificate of life birth is a founding document for the legal entity in your name, however it's styled. Okay. Yeah. The, so the Articles of Confederation is one of the organic documents, one of the founding documents creating this nation. Okay. And in the Articles of Confederation, it mandates or it, it states that, and this is almost verbatim, it says the style of this country shall be capital T not the the capital T the United States of America mm -hmm. all right <clears throat> and then after yeah, that yeah. then uh, then came along the Constitution and in the Constitution in the first paragraph what did they do they created a brand new entity called United States, all caps. Mm -hmm. When we talk and about that, style, we're talking about the, the particular usage according to what it's associated with. And this is why it's an, an important aspect to realize what Brian's talking about here in the style and not the spelling. It's not necessarily even grammar. It's the intent of the use. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, style or spelling. It's still my name, B-R-Y-A-N. B R Y A Y A N. You know, <clears throat> my father was very specific about how Brian would be spelled. My mom never understood why. I didn't understand. I didn't comprehend or realize until, gosh, probably six, eight months ago, it, it was shown to me. It's like, Brian is Y A. You have Y A in your name. Yeah. Instead of IA. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap, I never even thought about that. But so, yeah, it, whether it's styled or spelled, whether it's all caps, look, it's, it's all spelled the same. Yeah. It's all about the stylization and the style that it's going to be used in. What style is it going to be used in? Because that is what the attorneys do, the attorneys do is they mm -hmm. reclassify things. They use things in a different style. Everything is reclassified. You, yeah. Your car is reclassified into automobile. Um, person, natural person, gets reclassified into juridic person. A juridic person. You know what I mean? And that's all they do. They just reclassify things. That's what attorneys that juridic do. Person is often that juridic person is oftentimes classified by psychological profiles known as personality traits. This mm -hmm. is done through statistics on behavior and um, 
your wealth and health and education and military backgrounds and things like that. And well, it's all and that's exactly to delineate everybody. That's exactly what the organization that they create with the stylization of your given name is put into your given name. Okay, my given name, when I was born, if you look at the birth certificate, I'm upper lowercase Brian Glenn Parker on the certificate of live birth, upper lowercase, okay? My given name was Brian Glenn. My given name was not Brian Glenn Parker. It was mm -hmm. Brian Glenn. Parker was added by the state. This is something for people to wrap their mind around. Parker mm -hmm. was added by the state because that was the father's surname. And that is where commerce comes in at. That's how they get to rule, right. is that surname. Okay, you have Shit. to comprehend what surnames are about. What is Parker? Parker was someone who took care of the parks, took care of the common grounds and the lands and things like that. Uh, what is a baker? Everybody knows what a baker is. Uh, Spencer, last name Spencer. Here's somebody that works with metal. You're, the surnames always identified the job or the mm -hmm. tribe that you came from. Uh, and yeah, that's where they that. pulled commerce in at. And this, and this again, I, I love, I love beating their system with biblical scripture, as, you, as most of you know. This is an easy one to defeat, and we go straight around the name, and we let them know that before any commercial preference or institution, um, we are known. He knows us before we were formed in the belly, before we were casted from the womb. We were already sanctified and ordained as as prophets unto the nations this would be jeremiah we were jeremiah jeremiah 1 5 jeremiah 1 5 that is our original yeah. jurisdiction whenever you see the words yep. original jurisdiction think of jeremiah 1 5 you were sanctified in the womb and i don't need another man's oath or anything upon any religion uh, uh religious uh body um, or body, body religion, body politic, body commerce, body maritime, body Adam. I don't need none of it. Mm -hmm. um, okay, yeah, sorry, you just got me thinking again um, when you, I don't know, that was a no, th story. no thinking allowed. No, no being sanctified in the womb. I like that term, though. It sounds so nice, like it does. You know, it's true. Well, you were purified, you were christened, you were, all of that stuff, you were sanctified in the womb. Sean. Yeah. Sean, you know what you know what I think of when I think of when I read that scripture and it says I sanctified you in the womb. What I think of is I think of like when the queen goes and touches both shoulders of somebody and knights them. You yeah. know what? But guess what? We weren't knighted by the Queen of England. We were <laughs> knighted by the Creator. Yes. The Creator sanctified right. us. He and, put us in His jurisdiction. Yeah, and, this and, is what and they try get. to take us out. Yeah, and, and this well, is you know what, what people get backwards. I think is that we weren't born dirty. We, like I said, we were born sanctified and ordained to minister His Word in the boots of His gospel. And from that time forth, uh, who who is is the one that dirtied us? Everybody else's okay. assumptions of a legal representation. So Keith, we were I never piss... really dirty to begin with. Keith, can I piss off a bunch of Christians right now? <laughs> sure, go ahead. If you were, if, ahead. if you were sanctified in the womb, how the hell are you born a sinner? 
because of exactly. Adam? That's what I'm just oh, saying. Oh, 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 because of Adam? Okay, oh, if you want to say Adam, fine. Let's go back to the Old Testament. What does the Old Testament say? It says, the sins of the father shall be carried on to his children for seven generations. I'm sorry. I'm way more than seven generations away from Adam. Exactly. And again, and, and, I always like to touch on the good, remember? And that is honestly, I think the masters of magic, they really did know what they were doing. And I think that there is recourse for the people who really know who they are and are determined to find their way because it is absolutely true that that jurisdictional personality that's created by the state has absolutely nothing to do with the sanctified being that came out of you. So the only belief that you could ever be a sinner is that if you believe you are that jurisdictional person, that's the only original sin anybody ever made. Well, you know what, Sean? Sean, this is what I hammer on all the time. This is what I hammer on all the time. People mm -hmm. need to realize the maxims of law. Mm -hmm. And in law... What do you have authority over? You only have authority over what you create. Can I go next door to my neighbor's house and tell my neighbor's kids, hey, it's time for you to go to bed? Nope. No, I can't. I didn't create them. Now, their parents create them. They can tell them what time to go, but I can't do that That's because right. I only have jurisdiction over what I created. So what does the state have jurisdiction over? It has jurisdiction over what it created. What did it create? It created the juridic person. And what did we do? We can automatically give up that sanctified position that we were given in the womb. We give that out when we're born, and we put on the mask of person, of the juridic person, and we operate as an agent or spokesman, as some judges have said, for the juridic person. And that is where we fail. Go back to, I think it's scene three, act one of Hamlet, where, you know, Shakespeare states in there and says, I have given you one face, but you have made for yourself another. Mm -hmm. You know, gosh, uh, yeah, I'd be pissed if I was the creator. I'd be <laughs> pissed. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. And to think that everybody got... I don't know. It, it is amazing to see an entire world that's that's in the same boat, really. Like, it's just amazing that everybody could be swindled by the same scheme. <laughs> you got to well, give them credit we're, for that. Like, that's pretty, it is pretty impressive, the scale that the legal system We're physically to, seeing it. Yeah. We're physically yeah. seeing it in reality today. You go to the store, everybody's wearing a mask. Well, why are you wearing a mask? Oh, because insane. they are, because everybody else is. So since everybody else is, I'm going to do the same thing. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Gosh, I, you're, you're just going to follow what everybody else is doing? How easily are people's minds manipulated? You know, the battle for the mind has always been the number one goal of every jurisdiction. If mm -hmm. it can freaking win the mind, it has won the war. Well, here's the question I have about that thing that got signed, sent to me. When that gets signed, okay, that, there's a security interest attached to that, which is going to be released to me, and the registration number is already on it, and I'm guessing that's the registration number of the land. And does that, I mean, I can't see any way that it's going to be transferred to anybody else except the person that they have listed on that or that character that they have listed on the, on the statement of discharge 
which means that it's going to be released to King Sean, House of Andan, and the Stephen Kingdom of God. Am I actually going to own my own sovereign crown land in Canada? Yeah, Is you're going to own your own land. Gonna be? Yeah, you're <laughs> like, going you're gonna own your. You're going to own your own land on Canada, and you can start your own cult. <laughs> well, the, I think uh, technical terms uh, need to be included in there in regards to um, released to original land grant done with good intent and um, what is it, uh, patent rights. I have a feeling that I might accomplish all of that just by the way that I'm going to sign the document. <laughs> Because they don't see people doing the kind of things that we're doing, like, or that I'm going to do. But I think they expect oh. me to. I mean, I they've been reading my blog. They got no ID for me at all, so they've only read my blog. I, I think you're correct, and here's the thing. You're not the owner of the land. You're the holder of the land. Exactly. That's because what it is. We it's were... just going to get returned to the crown under the, under the House of Von Den because I'm the crown. I represent the crown. Uh, the... <laughs> We were we were all placed here by our creator to take care of this land and take care of each other. Exactly. Not to own Amen anything. to that. Thank you, Brian. That's, that's the main thing people gotta learn because that's where you get into trouble. It's when you start going back into the seas of commerce. You're here Make, as a spiritual entity to give of yourself what you can. What you can. Yeah. Yeah, we, and, you know, the, the problem the problem is in making claims. We came here with absolutely nothing. We arrived here with absolutely nothing. What in the world makes us think we are going to leave here with anything? Yeah, I'm, I'm told I, I, I don't make m many claims except that I'm told that uh, uh, by acceptance of his oath, I get to live with prosperity and abundance so long as I go forth and replenish our Mother Earth. And that's what it's about is replenishing yeah. our Mother Earth and not the commercial system commercial system isn't required replenishment of mother earth is i've only claimed well, one thing here. i've only claimed one thing here the only thing i've claimed is the given name that was gifted to me by Thank my you. earthly mother and father that's the only thing i've claimed and i did it as an unincorporated status which means it's and not part of well. anything else. You know what I mean? And that's it. We have, so anything, we anything that here. is attached, anything that's attached to that name that I have claimed as being unincorporated, none of those things are also a part of something else at the same time. We, that, that duty I was talking about in regards to uh, living in prosperity and abundance, that abundance, that's the bond that's the acceptance of his oath and then of course that uh the the obligation of that bond is to replenish the mother earth and that means we are to maintain we are supposed to be the main ones that chain the earth hold the earth that's our hold on mother earth is our duty you know uh, keith just brought up oath keith just brought up oath and I think Sean and I were talking about that prior to the recording starting this evening. And so I kind of want to touch on that because that's one yeah. of the big things that's pushed in the Patriot community is, oh, you got to make them bring forward their oath. You've got to get their oath to office. You know what I mean? And at the same time, one of the things that's pushed everybody is, Oh, uh, always question jurisdiction. You can always question jurisdiction. 
you always hear people talk about questioning jurisdiction, but you don't hear people talk about, <clears throat> well, which jurisdiction? Because there's like five, six, seven different types of jurisdiction. You know what I mean? You hear people well, just I, say, hold on. You just hear people say jurisdiction as a generality. It's not general. It has to be specific. But anyway, right. you've got you got so many people saying, oh, you go to court. Oh, you got to make sure and get their oath of office. Well, hold on a second. You have to realize structure, okay? And if people want to claim that they don't have jurisdiction because their office is illegitimate, but now you are going to turn and you're going to ask them for their oath and make them bring forward their oath, what you are doing is you are forcing them to prove that the office exists. Because right. an office does not exist without the oath. Okay? So when the oath is brought forward, now you force them to prove that the office exists, it's legit, and it has jurisdiction. And so that, to me, is one of these little freaking twigs that have been thrown into the whole freaking patriot argument that destroys the freaking, if you want to call it a movement or whatever, but it destroys the whole thing, you know. Uh, to me, that is ridiculous. And so people yeah, need when to you stop and think about the, these things. When you start learning the importance of this stuff, you realize how easy it is to flip things around on them. And so, you know, one of the first elements, or the first element of anything in regards to these commercial processes and everything, like say an officer pulls you over alongside the road, first element of that interaction is notice of legal responsibility. Now, this is what we notice Miranda writes. So when he asks you his license, asks you for your driver's license, excuse me, but I have to give you notice of legal responsibility in your actions of assumptions of facts that you're going to present to the court. <laughs> yeah, the right to remain silent. And anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You do have the right to an attorney, and you do know that if you can't afford one, one will be appointed to you by a court of law. Do you wish to continue? Because I've given him legal notice. He steps one foot beyond that legal notice without taking responsibility for what he says. Too bad for him. Yeah. Well, and like I said, I, I don't have a name. I, I, I don't have a name. That's for persons. I've been called Keith all my life. And mom and dad, if they got mad, they might call me Keith Orland. I hail from the family little. Now, if he writes that down as a first, middle, last name, the onus is on him because I told him I don't have a name. He's the one I lied and I can prove it. Well, I, don't, I don't have a problem with having a person. I have a person. I have a natural person. And my natural person is named Brian Glenn. I mean, fine. Yeah. To attach that that's just a lot of people don't know what they're talking about. And that's why they get afraid talking about some of these things. But because we are talking about some of the tricks that work and don't work, um, I just want to touch on this because Keith reminded me. One of the things I did do when I was defending my own charges in court and through their processes and all that kind of stuff to see if my stuff would actually stand up in court and see if I knew myself well enough to defend my owner in court. Um, uh, I always 
stated myself, first of all, as, you know, King Sean or whatever. So that was the distinction that I made. I never addressed the spelling of the name or any of that stuff. I would never even consider like asking a justice for their oath or something. You don't want to get combative with the court people at all. Um, but the one situation that I think might be relevant is they did, you know, in every situation I kept saying, you know, I'm King Sean Hesvanda and I'm Stephen King and God. That's not giving them what they want because they want an admission of the character and the information. So they have to somehow try and get that out of me. And so they, they wanted to read the charges to me and how do I plead? Well, they're not mentioning the name when they read the charges. So they're just reading the charges anyway. And I waited for them to finish anyway. And I said, actually, I'm not going to plead either way. What I'm going to be doing at this time is giving this court notice of counterclaim. <laughs> and, and that's all you have to do. And it's so funny because like I tried to tell people like you don't understand the power of a statement like that in one of these common law courts because now you just have to wait it out until you get to that trial date because you gave them notice of motion of counterclaim. So anytime during this process now that I've given them notice, I can file the motion of counterclaim. And it was the justice at that time that said to me, well, I don't know, can you do that in this court? And I said, I believe I just did. And now that I have, I'm going to proceed with the motion and let you know that I am hereby filing an order of motion of counterclaim against Constable Jenkins for unlawful arrest causing harm by the laws and common law rights. <laughs> Done. And so that's on the record now. And that's, I think, maybe one of the reasons that they withdrew. There's a lot of reasons they could have, but everything was eventually dropped. Well, and the bottom line is, if one entity is allowed to make a claim, then the other entity is obviously allowed to make a counterclaim. Of course. It's that simple. If I can't make a counterclaim, that means that your claim is void. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a matter of it is allowed to, it's requirement. Otherwise, the, the facts remain on the record as the assumed. Yeah. You have to rebut them. And the, the facts that you rebut them with have to be unrebuttable so that they can't come back with even just one element that you stated and say, well, this isn't so. And then you have to renegotiate that point, which might change other elements. You have to make sure everything you state uh, is unrebuttable, pure truth. Absolutely. Well, my, my whole thing, you know, and going back to jurisdiction, my whole thing really just goes back to that one main you know, in personam jurisdiction, where is the power at? Because you know what? I don't claim to be here. And one of the things I recommend to people, one of the things like why I'm showing the crew coin to people and stuff is don't use their freaking benefits. Get off from every benefit of theirs you possibly can. You know, with this whole COVID thing, what did they do? They were sending out checks to everybody. What are you doing? You're accepting a benefit. Guess what? Get off from underneath all the benefits. Take you know yeah, self-determination. Take care of your you're stuff. True. Yeah, if you register to vote, people don't realize you register to vote. What have you done? You've handed power of attorney over to somebody else to make decisions. You committed treason, just like Donald Trump said. Yes. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think everybody committed treason. Well, not everybody, but most. Yes, most people. Unknowingly, unwittingly, so there are, there are exceptions. But truth be known that, in fact, the action like that, particularly if you're doing it with intent, is, in fact, known treason. as treason. Thank you. And, yeah, a lot of people, and the reason it's not, I'm just going to touch on this because I think this is a very valid point. 
And the only reason it's not, and the only reason that that, that it's so hard to now, you know, uh, pin treason on someone is because there's been so many bills and statutes and acts passed by these corrupt guys that were committing the treason in the first place that they've they've removed <laughs> and changed and altered what the definition of treason is for that particular juristic personality. I, I think it's oh, more what, so that we don't have the actual de jure government that we, we need in place. What we've in fact got is a, uh, a corporate run government body that's operating the commercial system and nothing more. And well, what, yeah, we, what we end up with is we, we don't have anybody step up, up in the right place in, in regards to treaties. These people are all operating under international treaties, regardless of whether they're a government entity or a government political body. They still have to operate by treaty. Those treaties in this sense are commercial. If we don't step up and accept that commercial treaty or assert our own private right of yeah. treaty existences, and and the equal the equality thereof on an individual sovereignty basis proving the multilateral agreements extend to the beneficiaries the peaceful inhabitants pure and simple well the the, the thing is you know today is operating in a de jure or de facto however you want to look at it it is operating that way and if you don't think so Go to the 350 million other people across the USA that are wearing masks, and guess what? They all agree that this is legit. Fine. You think it's legit? Good. You know what? Go back to the book of Samuel. If you want to go back to the real de jure, go back and be underneath your creator and no longer be under or use the benefits of this society. That's it. That's well, the bottom line. It's well, and you know, it, it, it seems so much clearer to me. The only... Well, not the only. There's, I think, good things that are coming out of, you know, seeing all of this. You're, you're at least uh, makes the enemy easier to identify. Um, but you know, like one of the things I have noticed on more positive note is that people who are on calls like this and and people in these kind of groups, the people who are more informed than the average individuals, none of them are wearing masks, and that's you know, I take comfort in that. <laughs> I feel like I'm with brothers in a place like this, you know, brothers and well, sisters, I, you know. I, I show people all the time, if you want me to wear a mask or a shield, it's either going to be my hair or, or a little American flag that I'm going to put up in the brim of my hat and just let it drape over my face. I'm not going to wear the conventional mask that everybody else thinks that I'm required to wear because they can't define mask or shield. They want me to wear a mask or a face shield? Tell you what, I'll go out and get a, a Halloween mask and design it my own self. Uh, you know, cut the holes a little bit bigger so I can breathe appropriately or whatever I want to do. You have no right to define what kind of mask or shield because that is not defined in any of the writings, let alone as it even been legislated. So you still have no power to assert any kind of enforcement. I only do so out of my own peaceful actions to at least show you concordance and agreement with the mask issue that yeah, I'll wear your silly mask, but it's going to be my right, my decision, my choice, my design, my construction. That way I control it. Matter of fact, it is not only of my construction, it's of his construction because it's his hair that grows off of the body that he gave me. Oh, my decision my hair is I don't, from my face. My decision is I don't fucking wear one. Now, my, my employer requires it, so yeah, I want to keep it over my head. Okay. But... 
from the second I freaking walk in or out of the door, it's not there. Whenever I'm swiping my freaking key, no, it's not happening. You know, and even, even then I, we can we can prove that detrimental uh, for health reasons, and they have neither the right to practice law over you and your medical decisions, nor practice medicine. Well, Those are both practices Keith, known Keith, let's go, Keith, let's go deeper on this. Let's go deeper on this because more and more of us have bring have been bringing up this whole issue of the juridic person, and when you go and look into the definition of it, it person tells you it's a mask you're wearing a mask so people have been wearing a mask all this time mm -hmm. so they hear us start talking about wearing a mask and they're thinking oh yeah all these masks we have to wear to go into a store no people have been wearing a freaking mask unknowingly all this time <laughs> this is what needs to be realized it's sure. not about a physical mask it's not about putting a piece of cloth it's not about putting a diaper on your fucking face I'm sorry. Correct. Excuse the F-bomb. <laughs> no, don't. Uh, I, I'm glad to hear you use it. Well, uh, it it's, it that's not... Because I do it too. Yeah. I think I it's used it three times my, on your last show. <laughs> it's not part of my daily vocabulary. It's not part of my normal vocabulary. But I'll tell you what. There's certain things that really piss me off. Yeah. All right? Well, it's not mine either. But when I'm, you know... I don't get a chance to relax and enjoy conversation with people who are of like mind that often. So, you know, I, I forget sometimes when I'm having these calls and you know, my, my language gets loose. Well, you know what? These calls seem to be, at least for me, I don't know about anybody listening, where one of the few times where you can actually freaking relax. That's what I and mean. And talk with like. Talk with like-minded people because guess what? You're not going to find them next door or across the street or at the freaking bar or grocery store or whatever. You're not going to find these people. You're going to find nothing there but a bunch of brainwashed freaking, unfortunately, sheeple. You know? And that's they why I was food. looking forward to this tonight because uh, I, I really was for the first time in a while. Like I didn't do a podcast the second week and then I thought, okay, yeah, I want to do one this week and... I just decided too late, and I didn't promote it very well, and, and whatever. So, see, but uh, last I was, night I was missing last, it already after one night, like after one episode. So. Last night you should have left your freaking call up because I was going to jump on. Other people yeah. would have jumped on, and that's what I've said. Times <laughs> where you think, "Oh yeah, this is a bust. I shouldn't do it." No, those might be the times where you really should do it, because. And I think hey, I know hey, that hey. I just gave up too soon last night. Yeah. All right. Well, you have to remember, we've always heard about that. The, there's an angel on your right shoulder and a devil on the left shoulder, yeah. and that devil on the left shoulder is whispering in your ear, going, "Hey, hey, nah, just close the call. You don't need to do this tonight. No, don't do this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. need oh, to yeah. turn off our 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 left brain and listen to our right brain a little bit." Yeah. And you said you wanted to get a little deeper in this, so I pulled up King James Version, Luke, five verse thirty-one. Pay attention, people, in regards to these masks. And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Are you saying that I'm sick? Do you have evidence that I'm sick? Or just an assumption of the facts? Because if that's so, I'd like to profess that I am in fact whole and that somebody needs to correct their record to reflect it as such. So if there are any mistakes, you need to give them back. That's now, a lot of things that I ask is real crazy when I say something like that, but in equity, they would comprehend that. Yeah. 
That's one of the things that I ask people. I'm like, oh, excuse me, are you making a medical determination here? Are you practicing medicine without a license? Because they always try to claim that we're practicing law without a license, right? So well, I've never I like to turn it. I, I like to turn that, it around. Yeah, I like I, to I've turn. Been I like to, about that, but, yeah. yeah, I I like to turn it around. Are you practicing medicine without a license? Are you making a medical determination? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, if you are if you are holding up a thermometer to my head to shoot a gun at my head to check my temperature, are you not doing a medical task? I like to ask him. The last one I ended up asking was at the uh, local electronics store, and he wanted to come up and tell me I had to wear a mask. And I said simply, are you uh, uh, making a legal determination while at the same time making a medical determination while only holding a commercial license? Mm -hmm. Uh, 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 go ahead and do your shopping, sir. Are you practicing medicine with? The, are you are you practicing medicine without a license? Because that's like a million bucks right there. Wow. Yeah. Last time, I, I um I I like to tell people about the the times I went to court and got accused of practicing law without a license, twice within two days on on two separate cases, and one of them was a friend of mine. He had some traffic um, citations they got him on. And he ended up reneging because the he went into the courtroom by himself with the paperwork. They accused him of filing um, frivolous documentation and told him that if his represent, representation um, continued to do so, they would arrest him and me. And so he he negated and said, uh, okay, I'll take the uh, court-appointed counsel. Well, then the next day, I went in with my companion and they tried to do the same thing. But the, the relationship with me and my companion is that it's under a, a, a verbal trust between me, her, and our acceptance of his oath. And so therefore, she's my trustee and I'm her trustee. So no matter what this guy says. And so we walk into court and lo and behold, it's the guy that was presiding over my trial four and a half years ago. <laughs> and, and we get into this and I start speaking about things and, and he says, wait a minute, who are you? I said, well, I'm her counsel. He says, well, you can't be counsel. You, you can't be practicing law without a license. I said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute here. Let's, let's make sure that we get one thing understood here. Despite our past history in, in previous cases, we recognize this is a case that state is trying to uh, assume against her and some kind of debt collector, and she wants me as her counsel. That would be a violation of her rights. So he asked, we asked for that, but said I had to sit down. So we dealt with that, but at the same time, you know, one of the main things is he has to realize too, um, I, I have no problem pulling in the state licensing commissioner and putting him on the stand and asking him one question. And I'll let him choose which, which licensing commissioner, or I'll let him choose one from all 50 states. And they'll all testify to the same thing when I ask him, have they ever seen a license to practice law registered in their commission book? No. Well, yeah, that, 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 there's there's more into that. It, you know, it, that reminds me of a situation I was involved in, oh, gosh, a few years ago. Uh, somebody had a situation with guardianship. And they wanted, they said, we found this attorney. He's really great. You know, he should be able to take care of things. And said, cool, let's go talk to him. So we went and talked to him and presented the information to him. By the way, information in law 
for people that don't know, information is defined as knowledge of a crime. Okay? That's what information is, knowledge of a crime. Anyway, so we presented the information to him, and he said, well, you know what? Guardianship really isn't my genre. This isn't what I do. I could recommend you to some other people you go and talk to and maybe find an attorney there. And uh, the other party said, oh, okay, we'll do that. What was interesting, when this party got pulled into court regarding the guardianship issue, guess who was representing the state? The guy that said he had no freaking knowledge or basis in guardianship and recommended them to somebody else. That is who was that is who was representing the state. And it's like you've got to be kidding me. I I I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well I'm convinced that they didn't even uh, they didn't even read my information like for the charges when I was defending myself in court. I don't think they they even read through the information to see if there was like any binding charges or what the alleged like they just they don't even look at the information until they actually have to go to trial i think <laughs> well they just proceed like, you know, it's, like you're guilty no matter what it says yeah well the information might not have been the important part mm -hmm. the important part might have been the heading yeah that's exactly what and showing and yeah, and showing that, no, you are not one of their chattel property. Yeah. So if you're not one of their chattel property, that means you don't have standing, which means they don't have standing, which, I mean, come on. <laughs> it goes on and on. I know it's great. But, you know, I don't know. It's cool because, like, we were talking about this just a little while ago, and, and some of the things that we are talking about now, like, I don't know, all of this stuff that we're talking about now, this is exactly the sort of stuff that I would have been lost talking about it's not so long ago, like maybe five or six years ago. I wouldn't have had any idea <laughs> about what half this stuff was. So it's kind of cool to. Well, you know, Sean, yeah. we've, we've been yeah. we've been going for an hour and a half. I want to I want to step into something else hmm. that this all normally leads us all to, and which is like natural law and how things work in nature. I mean, and I want to, I want to freaking mention this the last time we talked because, you know, you start learning how physics work and stuff like that. And I know you've been doing a lot of work and stuff like that with like seeds yeah. and <clears throat> water, um, clay, water. Um, I mean, I, I, I've experienced it with animals big time. Uh, I ran across Rex Bear, a good guy. I've hung out with him. Very good guy, Rex Bear. Uh, I recommend people check out Leak Project. He puts out some good info. Rex Bear is a super good guy. And he showed me a patent that had been done on a paper pyramid one time. Mm. And how you could use this paper pyramid in your home. I have, a, I have a design for you if you're interested after the show. I think I might have shared it on Facebook before, but go on. It, it, it needs to be on a certain weight of, like, bond paper and this and that, okay? Wow. And 
I went and experimented with it, and now the guy that drew up the patent, I believe he was like from Czechoslovakia or Russia. Okay. And um, gosh, at the beginning of this whole pandemic thing, hmm. I had time on my hands, so I sat down with the freaking um, template that he had done and the patent that he had done and designed my own. And it has to be lined up correctly, north, south, east, west, all that kind of stuff. Wow. News, news, north, east, west, south. What do you think news is about? Anyway, think about it. Right. N-E-W-S. A anyway. So uh, that's cool, yeah. I, I, so I sat down and did it. And I, I don't have thin hair. I have pretty much thick hair. I am blonde. But my hair is fairly thick for a blonde. Um, so anyway, I sat down. I made one of these. And one of the things the guy talked about using it for wasn't like just putting your little marijuana clove underneath it or anything. You can do that too. But it was uh, about putting like your razor under it. And I thought, oh, that's cool because I've heard of I, use, like, disposable, I use disposable razors. Right. So I put one under it. And kept it under it. I used that ray. I had somebody come over to my house and they saw one of my little pyramids and they asked me about it. And I said, Oh gosh, what day is this? I was like, Oh my gosh, this has been like three months. I've been using the same razor. These wow. disposable razors, and I, I buy like BIC, I buy the good ones, uh, like freaking five freaking. Yeah. Um, I got to talk to you guys about uh, doing this in the uh, uh, with the concept of compound structures, um, meaning using compound materials to build layers of that pyramid source, um, using specific compounds such as copper on the inner side layer, um, some kind of uh, nutrient-based clay, and then some kind of lime or crystalline structure on the outside. And what we're talking about there is most people think about electromagnetics. We're talking about magnetoelectrics, which is based on vortical yeah. electronics. I could totally and, and which requires yeah. water creating its, it, of course. it increases its energy through vortical movements in water. Same thing with these magnetoelectric currents formed by the passage of ions through those particular substances. Yeah. Exactly. That's this wild. is a, a whole. This is a whole magnetoelectric structure. We've been told electromagnetic. No, it's it's a magnetic electrostructure. Especially you get into like uh, doing organite and stuff like that under the teaching of like Wilhelm Reich, uh, showing that you gotta use like at least seven different layers of organic, inorganic, which is what I do in my organite stuff that I make, but. It amazed me that you put a razor under there, and a razor that normally lasts about five or six days has now lasted freaking weeks. And it like blows my mind. And so, actually, the last time around here, about a month ago, I went and bought a cheap garbage razor just to see what happens with that. And it's doing the same thing. Instead of lasting for a day or two, it's lasting for a couple of weeks, and I'm like, wow. That's and that, wild. There, yeah. there is so I, much I energy here, and they don't want us to know about this energy. 
because that's yeah, what they I can't make wait money to off make them. a little. That's what I can't. that's what General Electric, that's what GM, all these companies, they're all making money off from energy. And if mm -hmm. we can figure out how to do it ourselves, guess what? We don't need them. And the whole shit will collapse. Anyway, go ahead, Keith. I can't wait to test my theory on making one of these little triangular structures that you sit on a body of water where you've got the circuit run to the top where you can put a little light on it and just right out of the water, particularly salt water, particularly salt water. I know you can run a clock with a, a, one of just the old fashioned um, radio antennas. Nobody has them on their house anymore, right? But you know, I used to get the TV and the radio through, through that aerial on the roof. If you just hook that up and you could hook it up to a clock in your house, it'll power your house or power the clock. I mean, yeah. I'll bet a little, I'll bet you could build a little triangle set up, uh, like I said, using the particular elements and have it circuit circuited so that you put a light on it and that light would only need to take like one or two volts and i'll bet you could make a little system that would provide that directly from the water oh, yeah. i believe it oh I, i've got a lot of salt water down here keith can send me a template for it mm -hmm. I, i'll do that i'll draw one up yeah That'd be cool. i'd love to experiment with it i would like I think to see there's that too. so yeah. much stuff like that there's so yeah. much stuff like that i mean I just had a situation today, actually. I, I, I ran to the freaking drugstore, and I bought some uh, what's called new skin. still sitting here in the box unopened because I here several days ago, I was working on a project, and all of a sudden, I started noticing blood drops all over what I was working on. I'm like, what's going on here? And I looked at my hand, and I had sliced the inside of my hand open with an X-Acto knife. Didn't even realize it super sharp knife it yeah, had just yeah. sliced deep and oh, i held it i held it up and looked at it and all of a sudden like blood is just pouring out i'm like oh my god you have to be kidding me so <clears throat> i ran to my toolbox which has a big bottle of super glue big bottle and i freaking washed my hand underneath the water took my fingers and and held all the freaking slices it, it was wide open Hold all the slices wow. together and just poured super glue all over it. And I actually had stalactites. Um, some people have heard of stalactites, stalagmites. Let me explain. A stalagmite comes down from the roof of a cave. A stalactite oh, yes. appears okay. up, yes. up from a cave. Okay. So I couldn't think of what they I had. Yeah, I had a tight coming up from my hand because I had poured super glue on it. So I had this blood squirting straight up and it was creating a stalactite <laughs> because it was, what? it was freezing as the glue hardened. Okay. Oh, so no. I kept pouring glue on it. I wrapped it up and everything like that. And I was like, I know it's just super glue. It's not new skin that has antibiotics in it and stuff like that, but we'll see what happens. It's, it's now, but, yeah, now uh, tonight, uh, just before the call, the glue was starting to pull away from the skin and stuff, and so I I went and clipped it and brought brought it all away, and it's like shh, the skin's healed up, it's healed wow. back up again. Good stuff. Yeah. Jesus. But I I would recommend anybody listening buy some new skin and keep it in your cupboard. I mean, I I had a situation a few years ago where. 
my girlfriend was like, I, I had cut my hand. And she's like, oh, that needs stitches. And I was like, yeah, it's wide open. I can tell it needs stitches, but let me do something else. I had new skin at the home at the time. So I put new skin on it, closed it up and stuff. Oh, you stole it. So she, you know how girls can be. And so I went to the freaking uh, hospital, and the doctor looked at it for like five seconds. He's like, what would you do? I said, I use this stuff called new skin from Walgreens. He's like, really? He's like, how much was it? I'm like, it was like seven bucks. He's like, you're kidding me. We pay like a hundred bucks for it here. <laughs> wow. He's like, you're fine. He's like, you're fine. Go home. You're fine. Go home. You know. So, Maybe I will get some. I don't cut myself oh, that yeah. much, but it's going to happen now that you talked about it. It's going to happen if I don't buy it. Well, yeah. whenever it does could, happen and you're you're bleeding profusely like that, yeah, you need oh, something know. to shut it down right away. What's yeah, that? I always go to I always go the cheap route. I break a bone or something. I'm the guy that goes down to the local auto parts store and gets a fiberglass body kit and makes his own cast. Sets his own bone, makes his own cast, and lets it heal. Damn. <laughs> I would. I've well, never broken a bone like that before, but. Um, yeah, I would have I try it. I try not to break I try not to break my bone. So Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I've oh, done it a few right. times. It's kind of a shame, but it happens. I think I'm quite over it now though. Well, we've gone well over an hour and a half here, guys. Um we have. Thanks again we had for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We had lines open earlier, but nobody was really chiming in with anything. So no, I yeah. I think tonight was a good informational call. Um for people listening in now or they listen to it tomorrow on their way to work, you know, yeah, where the case may be. And I will be doing a call and, next uh, Saturday at 9, and uh, you're always welcome, so is everybody else on this call. And I plan on being a regular here on Sunday nights as well, just because I like being here. And a uh, good way to cross-promote and keep it going, yeah. Absolutely. And I, I want to say that um, looking at my back office, on um, my cryptocurrency account i've got over 30 people who have signed up underneath me but they've not made purchases yet wow. if you need help jump on it now because this next friday coming up is what they call a golden friday again you're gonna get like three to one on your purchase so when it goes uh public when this coin goes public um odds are you can invest as little as 50 bucks and possibly be a millionaire next year. Wow. Just saying. So okay. I notice all these people have signed up, but they have not taken action. So if you're one of those people, please contact me, and we'll set something up, and I'll help you walk through the steps. Um, if, if people don't know, you can go back, I think, last week or the week before. John was on with us, and he showed the steps visually. You can see the video of it on here. And he says, you do this, and you do this, and that should be a help to you as well. But okay. either way, uh, Jeff, Sean, thank you guys. You bet. Have Around a great night, Brian. Keith, Sean, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeff. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, Keith. Catch you all. Everybody be blessed. And you know what? Like I tell everybody every week, people want to say, well, what do I study? What do I start learning? Here's what you need to do. You need to learn who you really are, where you're really from, and where you're really at. Because all three of those things you've been deceived on.
Be blessed, everyone.